Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 3, page 31, the second paragraph. Here are some of the methods, reading just one paragraph. And today's readers are, and thank you for your um, service, are for the 12 steps, Esther F., for the 12 traditions, Kelly B., and reading the text are Katie G. and Craig F., and Penny C. is our backup. The reference numbers for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, for the 7 a.m. is 16,230. That's 16230. And for the 10 a.m. is 16,231. That's 16231. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Esther. Okay, I will now ask Kelly D. to read the 12 traditions. Kelly, star one. Oh, sorry about that. Good morning. Okay, there you are. Thanks. Compulsive overeater in Anderson, Indiana. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. I pass. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 31, the second paragraph. Um, here are some of the methods and reading just that one paragraph. I will ask Katie G to begin reading. Hey, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Here are some of the messes we have tried. Drinking beer only, limiting the number of drinks, never drinking alone, never drinking in the morning, drinking only at home, never having it in the house, never drinking during business hours, drinking only at parties, switching from scotch to brandy, drinking only natural wines, Agreeing to resign if ever drunk on the job, taking a trip, not taking a trip, swearing off forever, with and without a solemn oath, taking more physical exercise, reading inspirational books, going to health farms and sanitariums, accepting voluntary commitment to asylums. We could increase the list ad infinitum. 
I find it super interesting that it says we could increase the list ad infinitum, right? So that means that if we study this paragraph, which we will for the next three hours and our Sunday special editions and probably all of the recovery weekend workshops that we have, we will still be going on. Um, so that is an important thing for me to recognize. And I need to be able to identify in. It's not about me having um, an extreme um, numbers here, like I don't have to be 400 pounds or 100 pounds, but it is important that I can relate to this. And what is this about? This is about my self-deception. This is about me arguing, justifying, and defending my right to eat aspartame, peanut butter, um, run marathons. Oh, I have to be able to exercise three hours a day because that's what I have to do because of my heart. You know, I, I always love this idea. If normal people were asked to put down a food or a behavior, they wouldn't get paralyzed in their stomach. They wouldn't argue and rationalize and justify and defend. And that's what this whole paragraph is about. It's like, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can try this exercise or that exercise. Maybe I can do salt. Maybe I can do diet soda. Maybe I can do tea, but not coffee. Maybe like all of, and man, it's tiring, isn't it? And I find it interesting, like this this um, chapter I've heard is called more about relapse, right? So, well, in a colloquial sort of way. So we have the doctor's opinion, right? The doctor tells us what our problem is, allergy of the body. We get into to Bill's story. We talk about um, an obsession of mine. We get into Bill's story. We identify in, do you have a problem? And then it says there is a solution. So we're going back in now, more about alcoholism, more about relapse. And it's so interesting because coming up, it says, if you don't have a problem with something, try putting it down for 30 days. And I love that. Anybody that comes to me and says, you know, I don't have a problem with this, I say, try 30 days. Try, try to moderate, try a year. If I can't, there's an, there's an issue, right? And, and reading this today, because thanks be to God, I'm, I'm recovered today. I do not argue and justify and defend around um, all these ways, right, to try and use the food and exercise. However, you know, find me on 60 to 63 to try managing my life. Like how many methods am I going to try to, uh, to, to control something or somebody? How long is it going to take me for to re to realize that life is just going to happen, you know, and that being recovered doesn't mean life is not going to happen. It means surrendering. It means accepting and, um, and getting into the solution, which is these 12 steps and a power greater than myself. And I have no idea what that sound was. So I'm going to be quiet. Thanks. That was not me, but thank you so much, Katie. Um, so, uh, as you heard, we're on page 31, the second paragraph. Here are some of the methods, and we read the one paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on that paragraph? Rick J. Rick J. Vasa O. Vasa Sally o. N. Maria. Sally N. Maria. I'm sorry, what was that, Maria? Maureen L. Oh, Maureen L. Rivka R. Rivka R. Andrea S. Andrea S. Did you get Maria S., Katie? Uh, no, I didn't. Maria S. Thank you. It's F as in Frank, right? Jefferson Frank. 
Yes, okay. Okay, that's a good lineup. I have Rick J, Vasa O, Sally N, Maureen L, Rivka R, Andrea S, and Maria F. Did I miss anyone who said their name? Okay, go ahead, Rick J, followed by Vasa O. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, Rick J, um, recovered compulsive overeating. Okay, we can't hear you, Rick. Okay, sorry. It said unmuted and then it muted me. Uh, good morning, okay. everyone. Rick J, <laughs> uh, compulsive overeater here in North Carolina. Um, I love this paragraph. And I was thinking a lot about, you know, my own ways that I've tried to control uh, my eating. And that's what it was all about. You know, um, on the previous page, um, see the word control five times. And that's what I was going to do. By God, this time I was going to control. I was going to just try a little bit harder. I was going to bend my will to it just a little bit more. And, um, you know, I would uh, eat only one dessert at dinner, <laughs> only one. And, uh, you know, as long as I had that dessert at dinner, it was fine. It didn't matter if it was, you know, like a whole cake, it was fine. But that was my dessert. Or uh, eating buttered popcorn only at the movies, which, of course, was a refillable tub. Uh, eating only sugar-free ice cream, which would, you know, wreak havoc with my digestive system. Uh, never eating in bed except when watching a movie. Uh, only eating two slices of pizza, and of course, 24-inch pizzas are big slices. Only drinking diet soda, so there's no limit on that. Um, binge days are okay if I work out at the gym, and um, only binging on days I'm not in an OA meeting as I was getting deeper and deeper into the disease and trying desperately. Uh, to diet with group support, and finally, uh, only sponsoring on days I'm not binging. That's where this disease took me. Uh, that's from the mind that has an obsession with food and a body that has a physical allergy. I cannot control this. I am powerless. And um, the only relief that I have found is a spiritual awakening, you know, through working the steps. That's it. There is no control. Entire abstinence. That's the only thing uh, that we can suggest. And I can only get that entire abstinence and maintain it by this, this power greater than me since I'm powerless. Uh, through the help of uh, the fellowship, the people out there, uh, to follow in the directions and the steps, but mainly connected to a higher power continuously on a day-to-day -day basis. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Rick. Okay, Vasa O, you're up, followed by Sally M. Thank you. Thank you, Katie F., for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovita calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. And these are the methods that I used uh, over the years since I came to Overeaters Anonymous. Uh, except it's food, we're not alcohol. I did use alcohol once in a once in a while, uh, yes, I did. I did uh, use alcohol. It was the sweet drinks, and and my husband made them, Kahlua, whatever it is, yeah, and I loved them, but I didn't use them all the time. Thank you, God, because I realized 
it, I was going to turn to be an alcoholic. So I was afraid it was better to eat than to drink the stigma, whatever. But anyways, uh, these are the methods that I also used, uh, you know, with the food, um, uh, fasting, you know, uh, vomiting. I did use that a few times, purging, what says, laxatives, excessive exercise. I remember playing tennis singles for an hour, an hour and a half. In the summertime, so hot outside, and I'd go in, I'd give myself permission. Well, I must have lost so many calories, and I can do that. Uh, I, I mean, I, I used to be a baker. I used to be a cook. I'd try to cut the calories and have only use half sugar, half fat. None of it. It was just so exhausting to be always obsessing and thinking about the food. Um, I there was three more things I wanted to try, to be hypnotized or have my jaws wired or my stomach stapled in those days. This was like 33, 34 years ago when I started with Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm just so grateful that I found the only thing I needed was to find a power greater than myself and to surrender with the food and to surrender to, the, to my meetings and to surrender to the 12 steps. And that's the only thing that has worked. And I did come for the vanity, but I stayed for the sanity. I learned it was a physical, emotional, spiritual program. And I loved when I heard it was a spiritual program, not a religious. If they told me it was religious, I think I would have just walked right out. And, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with religion because I've gone back. I'm practicing some of the religion that I grew up with. But this is the only way. I'm just so, so grateful. It, please, give yourself a chance. They told me, come six times, if, six meetings. If it's not for you, we're not going to force you to stay here, and we're not going to force you to get out of here. It's your choice. And it works if we work it, and that's the truth. It works if we work it. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. Okay, Sally Ann, you're up, followed by Maureen L. Good morning. This is Sally Ann, as in Nancy, and I'm calling from Tennessee. And this is my first time sharing. So, um, but this said to me, well, first of all, I don't think there's anybody else on this call who can't identify with that, who doesn't have a list of 12 or more, or way more uh, methods that you tried to fix yourself that didn't ever work. But what me was if I was looking for the next plan, the next diet, that I'm still questioning that I am powerless over the food. And if I'm an addict, then if I can find the right plan, then that's not true. So it's, it, it peels back to having to really say, it's true. I can't do this. I have to have no expectations to be a normal eater. I have to be happy and joyful in the food plan that God or my higher power has outlined, you know, especially for me. And that if, if I do that, if I stop looking for an alternative and just accept where I am, then what I have is that daily reprieve that's contingent upon the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And then I have freedom. And that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Okay, Maureen L., you're up, followed by Rivka K. R. 
Hi, this is Maureen. Uh, this is Maureen from Massachusetts. I hope I can be heard. I I, I yes, really appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Uh, you know, this passage always strikes me because I am reminded of, in my religious tradition, there's a, a period of time where we're supposed to give something up. And so uh, annually, I would try at that point to give up all sweets. And then uh, two or three days in, it would not be sweets. It would be, well, I'll give up chocolate. And then it was, I'm not going to give up chocolate. I'm going to give up chocolate for dessert. And then I'm not going to give up chocolate for dessert. I'm just going to give up chocolate from the vending machine. And then it was a particular subset of chocolate. And, and so the insanity goes. And there were certainly other plans and other diets and other methods of mindfulness and centering and therapy and other books that I read, countless, countless books about how to beat this thing. And um, just looking and searching for a way to get out of this without the fundamental understanding that I was an addict and I'm not going to be able to work my way out of this because my brain lights up like a Christmas tree when certain chemicals hit it. And I simply can't control the consumption of those. And now in recovery, what a gift it is to just give that all away. It's not so exhausting anymore. I don't have to try to find the next solution because the solution is right there. I get on my knees. I ask my higher power for help at the start of the day. I write my food down. I report it to my sponsor. I eat what's on my plan. I eat three meals a day without exception, no no snacks. I've traveled multiple time zones, multiple times, and the whole thing is portable. And so I don't have to find any great cure. I don't have to find any strategy to deal with this. I just need to surrender to the fact that I can't do it. And if I could do it, I would have done it a long time ago because I've done other things. But I have been able to do this. But with the grace of, and the help of my higher power each day, I could turn it over and I could not eat because eating doesn't solve anything. It just abuses my body and my spirit and my soul. It makes life so much less pleasant than it has the possibility to be. So um, thank you for all the shares and thank you for those doing service on this meeting. I'm so grateful to hear from everybody every day. And I wish everyone a wonderful and abstinent day. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Maureen. Okay, Ripka R, you're up, followed by Andrea F. Hi, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can. Okay, great, thank you. Um, hi, everyone, this is Rivka R, Recovering Compulsive Overeater from Maryland. Oh, man, if this paragraph isn't me completely. Uh, loads of inspirational books. I would copy and tape passages all over my kitchen cabinets, but it never stopped me. I would write lists of all the horrible physical symptoms I would experience after binging on sugar, but it never stopped me. Every diet imaginable from the age of nine. I'd be gung-ho week one, white-knuckling week two, and binging by week three if I even made it that far. Doctor this diet, doctor that diet, keto, paleo, vegan, Atkins, Weight Watchers, Psychics, psychiatrists, acupuncture. Once I put pokey shoe insert, you know, in, inserts in my shoes that made it hard to walk. Swearing off forever. On my very own, I had the brilliant idea that I had a, a problem because I never allowed myself to eat without guilt. So the best my mind could come up with is that to have a goodbye party to all my binge foods, to buy everything I could possibly want, eat it all, this time without guilt, and then I would never eat it again, except I would the next day. I knew from the time I was five years old that other kids didn't seem to care about food the way I did. They could eat their one candy bar or one cookie, and I had to eat the whole bag or the box. 
I walked into my first OA meeting in Southern California at age 16. That was 50 years ago, 5-0. There were about 200 people there, and I got scared and walked out. I tried again at 21. I even bought a big book but threw it out because <clears throat> I didn't want anyone to think I was an alcoholic. At 33, I did a very rigorous program but relapsed after a few years. And I was in and out for the next 33 years, trying every permutation of OA, see how gray sheet, 90-day FAA, working through the steps dozens of times, having great recovery, or so I thought, for a year, once over five years, but always relapsing. I was in denial that my relapses were connected to my lack of honesty and humility around certain things I was unwilling to do, like make outreach calls or weighing my food when I was traveling because I seemed to be able to get away with it, which to me just meant that I didn't gain a lot of weight right away. It took until this last relapse to finally break through the denial and see where my surrender was not 100%, and that 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 was an erosion of my first step in giving my disease a foothold through my self-will. I did go to the last vision convention, but actually only because you guys wouldn't refund my money. (laughs) Uh, But it ended up saving my life. I had the number of someone that I met at the convention, and when I relapsed yet again, I called her, and she agreed to sponsor me. And this time, I finally became willing to do all those things that I thought I couldn't or didn't need to before. So with the help of God, I will be showing up one day at a time with finally the necessary degree of honesty and humility that I didn't have before to maintain the order of things. Thank time, you. Time, please. There, and thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Rivka R. And now we'll have Andrea S. followed by Maria F. Thank you, and thanks for your service. This is Andrea. Oh, we can't hear you. Okay, there we go. Hi, this is Andrea S. Thanks for your service. Thank you. I'm calling in from New Jersey. I remember the first time that I had these thoughts. I was eight years old, and it was summer break from school. And um, I, I, was, I said to myself, okay, I'm going to lose weight this summer, and then when I go back to school, everybody's going to like me because, um, you know, they were rejecting me at school. I was the chubby kid, um, and it was painful, and I was going to fix it. And... Uh, um, I wanted relief from judgment and rejection. That's what I knew as an eight-year-old, but I didn't know what that was. I just thought that it was my fault that I looked the way I did and I had to fix it because I did this, so I had to undo this. Um, and I, I, like everybody else is sharing, just like the big book, and when I read the big book, I'm like, oh my God, I did this too. Oh gosh, I didn't know that alcoholics do this and other addicts do this too. Um, but it was always my thought, though it was always my fault, because it was always my fault that I looked the way I did, or so I thought. I always had hope that I was going to be able to fix this one day. I was going to control this one day. Um, it, I was going to squinch my eyes as tight as I could and, and make it go away um and you know the, this program that gym this trainer um spending money left and right that i didn't have going into debt um and then 
years later, after decades, I didn't have hope anymore. And that was the sad one. That that was the sad part. God sent me a chronic illness, though, um, that needed to be taken care of with nutrition, with a certain guidelines, foods that I shouldn't have that make me weaker. I have multiple sclerosis. And I wouldn't have, without, <laughs> I found OA um, years after, like seven years after being diagnosed, knowing all along that I could make myself stronger um, by eating this way, a certain way, um, I still couldn't do it. So finally, with OA, I was able to um, eat the foods the way as I should and lost weight and even was able to participate in the MS bike ride a couple of years ago as someone who's riding with MS, of all things. Um, so it, it's interesting that God has sent me these, this program to bring me closer to him and sent me this disease uh, in order to bring me closer to him. And it took all these years for me to flounder and travel through the whole winding desert of what Fine, I was please. doing. Yeah, thank you. I'll pass. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you, Andrea. Okay, Maria, up, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares on page 31, the second paragraph. Go ahead, please, Maria. Maria? Good morning, Casey. Can you hear me there now, you Casey? Yeah, thank you. thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Maria Eccleston Frank, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ireland. Um, and this paragraph, it got me, it got my attention when I came into OA, and it gets me every time, you know. I'm written all over it. You know, I tried all the different methods, and not only once, but over and over again. And the insanity of my thinking was that, you know, thinking every time it would be different when all the evidence showed me that it was never different. You know, I always ended up back in the food. Um, I'm more deplorable each time. I'm of that, you know, 10% that Dr. Silkworth talked about, you know. Um, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not, I think anyway, I'm not a stupid woman. But, you know, if I was practicing uh, a behavior that was hurting me in any other area of my life, I'd stop. You know, logic and reason would make me stop. But the truth is that, you know, this, this disease defines all logic and reason. And there's no logic to it. You know, what I heard when I came in as once a compulsive overeater, always a compulsive overeater. And I was just thinking this morning about, you know, the paragraph we read on Tuesday, you know, the man who lost his legs. Um, he never, grow new, never grows new ones. And, you know, I'm exactly the same as that man in the sense that he has a physical disability that um, it's permanent. And I have a physical allergy that's permanent. Um, yeah, and I tried all the different bargains, you know, switching from, from the savoury to the sweet, you know, not having it in the house. Um, and I had this idea that I was, if I was eating food um, from the health food shop that had sugar, that was a different kind of sugar. Yeah, that was my insanity. Um, and all these kind of methods, they're all for the emotional appeal to somebody like me, you know, um, and, and, and doing the behaviours, I was always trying to be a normal eater, you know, to prove I didn't have a problem, that I'd be able to do it this time. Um, and I couldn't, you know, I couldn't. And and today, thank God, with my hand on my heart, you know, that I fully accept that I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, and I'm off the hopeless variety that I'll never be a normal eater. And that's OK with me today, you know. Um, 
and the methods that I, I use today might seem, you know, abnormal to the outside world. Um, but for me, it puts food in its right place. You know, I have three meals a day. And what I like to think of them is, you know, my medicine. You know, uh, I don't overdose. I don't underdose. Um, I have them exactly as they are. Um, and it's really, it gives me the freedom to just get on with my life, to live my life um, and to live it, you know, in these 12 steps that I have a roadmap, I have a design for living um, and I have a higher power in my life today. And because uh, my problem is not food, lack of power was my problem. Um, and if I have lack of power, then I need a higher power. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maria F. And um, so if you've just joined us in the last few minutes, we're on page 31, the second paragraph. Here are some of the methods. And although we value your experience, we ask that um, you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on that paragraph? Vanessa Allison L. L. I heard Al. Okay, just one second. I think it was Vanessa and then Allison L. And Leslie W. Was it Vanessa? Yes. Okay, Vanessa, what's your initial? N as in Nancy. Okay, so I have Vanessa, Allison, and Leslie. Who else would like to share? Christoph L. Christoph L. We have time for a few more. Janice H. Javara S. Audrey N. Okay, let's stop there. Okay. Okay. Um, Janice, I didn't get your initial. Um, okay, Vanessa N, Allison L, Leslie W, Christoph L, Janice, Deborah S, and Audrey M. Go ahead, please, Vanessa. Thank you so much, uh, Vanessa N, calling from California, gratefully in recovery, compulsive overeater. Thank you, everybody, for your service and for being here. I have definitely tried everything, um, and one of the things I tried that didn't work for me was applying the 12th step from another program to food, and that didn't work. And the reason it didn't work is because I hadn't taken the first step around food. What did work, though, was that my prayers asking for help around food led me to OA. That was basically the answer God gave me was work the steps of OA. And um, just finishing my step three writing work, and I am so grateful that things really are shifting so much. And one of the things that has come to me through prayer around food and specifically around food behaviors was that I was my higher power told me I need to put the screens away. I did not want to be present with food. I always had to distract myself with other things. And I was super resistant to not distracting myself. But I had this beautiful prayer conversation with God and was told, put the screens away, set the table for yourself, invite me in, invite in your loved ones that are no longer with us, invite in your inner children, and make each meal a prayer. And that's what I have been doing. And it has been completely transformative to have that experience and really be with myself and be with my food. And, and 
have my higher power also guide my food plan as I create it. And I'm super grateful for my outreach calls and my conversations with fellows because I spoke to somebody who, and my sponsor, of course, who's just so wise and amazing. I spoke to somebody who, um, well, several people, including my sponsor, about praying around my food plan. And I've been just getting the most wonderful things, including recipes. Like I, yesterday, I cooked something that was absolutely delicious that was guided by higher power. Everything about it was guided by higher power, and it was completely satisfying, a really perfect, ideal amount for me. Um, and then when I went to bed last night, I realized, I'm like, I haven't obsessed about food today, and that is a miracle. So thank you so much, everybody, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Vanessa. Okay, Leslie. I mean, Allison L., you're up, followed by Leslie W., Thanks for your service today, Katie. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Uh, this paragraph this morning reminds me how I like to complicate things that are very, very simple. Um, you know, the idea of entire absence and working the steps being the solution um, just seemed like the most painful route to take because it meant that I would have to sit with everything that I was feeling and dealt with my whole life. And so my mind wants to complicate things. My disease wants to complicate things. Let me have some complex rules and systems about about how I eat and what I eat and what I don't eat. Let me hire professionals. I mean, free help. That, surely that you can't be that simple. Let me hire professionals and pay thousands of dollars and tell them how I want them to fix me. Let me make it complicated, you know, even... Um, today, sometimes my first thought is, oh, that'll fix me. And then my second thought is, no, I can't be fixed. I can live in recovery day by day. I'll always need to be entirely abstinent and work through the steps. That's my solution, relying on a power greater than myself. Um, there is no um, complicated mathematics that will um, that will uh, beat what the simple solution is, which is entire abstinence, work through the steps. It continues to be that way. Rather than um, paying thousands of dollars to professionals, I can accept a sponsor's help. They do it for free. Um, and then I get to turn around and do it for others and give away what was freely given to me. So I just wanted to focus this morning on, on how simple it really is um, to be entirely abstinent, work through the steps, um, listen to someone um, someone's guidance who's been there before me, rely on fellows for guidance, get get my hand put in God's hand so I can have a new life today. It's really not complicated. Um, it's not easy, um, but it's also not complicated. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Allison. <clears throat> okay, Leslie W., you're up, followed by Christoph L. Hey, Katie, thanks so much. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, and when I look at this paragraph, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't understand. As a newcomer, it may be hard to understand how this, doing these things, how, these, how this paragraph um, perhaps applies to me. And, in fact, I didn't see it at first. I didn't understand that when I was doing these, I didn't understand when I was in the middle of engaging in these these types of activities, I did not comprehend that um, 
that I was indeed, you know, grabbing and snatching at different types of ways to control my disease. I just simply thought that I was choosing a different route. Um, and, you know, I chose to believe what normal eaters would tell me. And if you're a normal eater, these methods will probably work for you. Um, but they didn't work for me. And for there's something that this paragraph leaves out for me is that, you know, these methods um, is like, when I look at this paragraph, it, it just looks like blinking lights. <laughs> it's like, it's the thrill of the scheme, the thrill of the chase, you know? I was so excited when I started a new exercise program or when I started working with a new trainer or a new diet or a new food plan or, you know, it was so fun to me to try all these different methods. And it was a shiny distraction from my real problem. And, um, you know, that's really the issue is that I'm not believing that I'm a real compulsive overeater. I had not fully conceded that I am not like other people. So I would keep trying all these different methods and all these different things. And, you know, I love the chase, the confusion, the chaos. They're all shiny distractions for me. So I don't have to face my real problem, which is the fact that I am not like other people. And until I can accept that and fully concede, I'm going to keep trying because I'm a persistent person. I'm stubborn, and um, I have to be—I have to be really convinced. I have to try everything until I'm ready, until I'm finally ready, and I just—I just throw up my hands and say, "I'm done." So that's—that's that's what. Um, I wanted to share this morning. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much, Leslie. Okay, Christoph L., it's your turn, followed by Janice. Hi, my name is Christoph L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. And uh, what stuck out to me in this paragraph this morning um, was a memory that I had before I came to OA. I, I had... Um, as long as I was overweight as a child, um, I had always made plans to, um, I had always made plans to lose that weight. Usually it was during the winter or with some event coming up saying, okay, I can, I can lose this weight. I have 10 weeks and then this is, this is the weight I'm going to have. And then this is what people are going to think of me because I lost that weight. I'll show them. Uh, and I would have different plans and schemes to, to achieve that. So, the last one, uh, fast forward to about two years ago, right before I came into the program, I had um, I had written myself um, my own motivational pamphlet. I, w I had my own office back then at my job, and I was writing myself my own motivational pamphlet, and it was just a folded over piece of the manila folder, and it said, I don't have to live like this. I can choose. You know, talk about uh, exerting willpower over this disease. I can do this. I do not have to eat pizza today. I, I'm stronger than this. I'm better than this. I deserve this. And I wrote it, and I, I put it in my desk drawer, and I said, okay, great. You know, I, I'm doing this. 
And it was literally seconds later, literally seconds later, someone walked by my office and says, are you going to come to the pizza place, have lunch with us? And I said, yes. So it was seconds, you know, that, that, that lasted me. And it, I kept doing these things and I kept doing it and I kept doing it and I could not make any of these work. And why is that? Because I was just really desperate. I, I was hurting. I was hurting really, really bad. And I wanted a solution. I really wanted a solution. I wanted to live a life that was happier. I wanted to live in a body that was healthier, that I could, I could move around. I didn't want to be 310 pounds. You know, I, I, I wanted to live a life that I thought I deserved, you know, and that anyone deserves. So, um, when I came to OA, you know, through through my, my therapist then, you know, they told me about OA and the next day I went to OA. You know, I jumped on the on the possible solution just as I did all these times before, but the only difference is that this time it had worked. And that started to work. And, you know, with with uh, a sponsor that I got and they gave me a food plan, I started to follow it and I could definitely feel that there was something different happening. Uh, something something different was happening with me and with with my food and I was losing weight. I, I lost a hundred pounds in about a year and um, it's it has just worked. You know, with with the info that I was given, I followed the simple direction and I was I was working the program um, to the best of my knowledge and to the best of the knowledge of the people who shared their experience, strength and hope with me. You know, and when I came to a vision. For you, it was just a whole other dimension. It was just a whole other dimension of of um, working with um, with the uh, alcoholic ingredients and these new things that that are coming to light. And I'm really grateful for that. Thank you for letting me share. And everybody, have a great day. Thank you so much, Christoph. Okay, Janice, it's your turn. Followed by Deborah S. Hi, this is Janice H., Compulsive Overeater in California. Uh, Good morning, everyone, and thank you for being on the line. Thank you for those doing service. Um, I really appreciate everything that everyone has shared today and am relating a lot to it. And I just wanted to speak up about um, a couple things from my experience is that, um, you know, food is my first obsession, my first addiction, and I've been battling that since I was a preteen, but um, kind of like, almost like consciously switching off the food onto um, other addictions, um, and then working a program over those, but um, not addressing the food problems, so um, that's something that um, I've experienced, and then also, um, um, as someone else was saying, like me, um, being involved in other another weight loss program, which I have seen some success with on and off, but until getting my um, alcoholic or addictive foods completely out of my diet, you know, um, the the binging always um, comes back, you know, uh, just like having them in my diet in any level isn't working for me anymore, you know, and I've come to accept that and I'm okay with it. And, um, 
it works for me this way now. Um, and then also, you know, in that program, like going to my meeting in the morning and then that whole day being a binge day, you know, and I'm kind of going through that with this one, so, you know, where I'm thinking maybe they can like take a day off or something like that. So I'm trying to explain, you know, for me, this is uh, 24 hours, you know, seven days a week. It's not um, like you take a break or um, so anyway, that's kind of where I'm coming from with it, and um, it's working for me for me at this moment, and I'm really glad to have a place to come to in the morning to connect with the solution and with all of the um, positivity I get from hearing the shares on the line. So um, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you, Janice H. And um, now we'll have Devorah S. followed by Audrey M. Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Katie. This is Devorah S. from New Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Well, so when I came into this program um, 21 years ago, um, and I started dabbling in the big book, so reading the doctor's opinion, yes, I got that. Um, I, you know, I related to that, the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind, it was a relief to me to know what was wrong with me. When I came to this page, page 31, and I read about the different methods that would take it, that people take, you know, in alcohol, I, I totally related it with my food because, you know, I, I said, no one did what I did with the food, but seeing it in black and white, um, I said, yes, this is, this is me, this is me. Finally, you know, I really said that this book really is talking my language. It took me a long time to, to, under, to get that. And, um, and then, of course, it solidifies it to hear what other people are saying the same things, you know, hearing how other people try to control their eating. Um, and it's, you know, it just shows I'm not unique because all the years I thought that I, the way I was eating, no one can eat like I eat. I remember calling up a a program, a, a, a diet group and saying, you know, do you, do you help people who have, you know, over 100 pounds to lose? Because that's me. I, I felt they belonged in a certain category um, that only, you know, certain, you know, they need to gear their, their program to me because I'm, I'm a special case, you know, and, and I am a special case. That's why I'm here in these rooms because this is the thing that works for me. Um, and um, what I hope, what I loved, what I heard that the first speaker spoke about was like, you know, the food is down, you know, but what about everything else? Like, what, how am I trying to control, you know, parts of my life, the, the people in my life, the situations in my life? Am I ready to put that down? You know, am I ready to put down my selfishness? To, you know, am I ready to put down my character defects and have God remove them? What am I holding on to? That's making myself and other people, you know, you know, not the way that God wants it to be, the situation. So this is, you know, we always say the food has to come down. The food has to be down. But now we put down the food, and now what am I doing? You know, I have to constantly be aware of where else, what other things am I trying to control? And, um, and that is, 
You know, that's the real work of this program. Once the food is down, that's the real work of this program. And that's where I have to work these steps each day diligently um, so that I'm aware of, of myself and what I'm trying to control in other situations. And i um, really grateful to have these awarenesses and this program that guides me and teaches me in the fellowship um, so that I can you know, develop a relationship with God and live in God's world. Kindly. And with that, I'll pass. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Deborah. Okay, Audrey M., you're up, and you'll be our last share for today. Thanks very much. Hi, everybody. I'm Audrey N. for Nancy um, in County Mead in Ireland. I'm so grateful for the program and just grateful to be able to share on this chapter. Um, just hearing everybody shares and just reading it again reminds me of, you know, how I came into program and thinking back to, you know, what my behaviours were and what I had expected, um, you know, myself to maintain body weight. And, you know, I got so excited when I heard about a new a new fad that was on, you know, and I'd light up and think this will be it. This will be the one that will work for me. And um, I'd started with somebody, you know, and I could see them having success. And then came, you know, the the, the defects that I understand now was resentments, you know. And they were, I was, if I'm being honest, I was hoping that they'd fail, um, you know, and that they'd, you know, say, oh, this is not working, you know. And I'd move on to the next one then because it'd be like, oh, that doesn't suit me. And sure, I can't eat this and I'd be much better with this. And I came back into the rooms last March and I could hear people sharing the, the message of vision. And, you know, again, I was full of resentment because I knew I knew I was going to have to fully surrender. And I was holding on to old stuff, old, old foods, old ideas, old behaviors. And then got onto vision and got a sponsor and realized, you know, this is simple, but not easy, but not simple, simple, but not easy, whatever way people want to see it. And I knew that three meals a day, living in between and doing the footwork was going to keep me well. And that's exactly what I do. I get up in the morning and I take my prescription. And my prescription is my prayer meditation, my outreach calls, linking with sponsors and just doing whatever I can to be of service to my family, my colleagues, and to just be the best person that I can be for today. Um, and I'm in the passenger seat, you know, my higher power is driving. And, um, that's once I know that and once I'm aware that that's the way my life is, um, you know, I will stay, I will stay recovered for today. And I'm just so grateful again, just for these meetings, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just a blessing to be able to be with people that understand each other. And, um, yeah, I leave it at that and pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Audrey. Okay. Well, we're it's time to close our meeting. So thank you to everyone who shared Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, uh, Thursday, January 21st, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 16,242. That's 16242. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Craig F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Sure. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who's still sick. The answer will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with God is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to God and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.